Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, we're talking Surviving Maine, episodes five and six. Five and six? Five and six. And I don't have their episode titles. What? I think I have them in the notes. Because I know when people get their their titular lines. Hmm. Okay. That's something we rely on you for. I feel like this whole season I've been lacking on getting the correct episode titles as put forward by Surviving Maine. Slacking and found lacking. More like it. Oh, ouch. Ouch is right. You know, and I've been slacklining as well. I guess it's just finding its way into all avenues of my life. You have not been slacklining, you liar. That's what I do when you sleep. Uh-huh. Hook up the old slack line over the bed, and I slackline right over your sleeping body. Oh, okay. That's that... why I wake up with so many bruises. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you have a lot of confidence in my slacklining ability. <laughs> Let's be real. You never wake up with any bruises because I'm a master slackliner. You're master lacker. Master Lacker. Okay. Um, let's hop into the app. Are you into it? Master Lacker. It's like the best lacquer. What is lacquer? You like put it on wood? It's like it a like, wood sealant. Or like it's something that um There's gotta be a brand of lacquer <laughs> called Master Lacquer, right? Of course. Just you wait. I'm gonna do a master blaster reference later in the episode. Tease that. Blasted. Yep. All right. <laughs> As a band is who we start with. Can I say that I've got a lot of love for musical cues this week, with and I people? really love Shoveling? in the intro. I'm making a hand motion. Justin Passing? is chopping some okay. wood on beat. Oh, chop chop to that main beat. Well, that's fun. And as we discussed, the main intro. On point. Chef's kiss. So good. Jackie's licking her lips seductively, thinking about the main intro. Well, just so I could get that juicy kiss. I'd say it's more squeaky than juicy. That's real squeaky. (laughs) Was that juicy? What's a juicy kiss? Ew. (laughs) Gross. Are you in right. oh Everyone stop listening marketing <laughs> four minutes in. Okay. Not even. It's three, honey. As um, a man, I was rounding up honey. From 308. Um, okay. Yeah, you round up <laughs> to four. Don't you know seconds. what rounding rules are? It's the four below stays the same. Five or above rounds up. Have you not heard me teaching over the last two weeks? Not that specifically. Have you been going over yes. rounding rules? Yes, oh we have gosh. been. Um, yeah. So Mike is hoping that people didn't notice that he picked that hashtag core four. The and, original you know, as a band four. If people didn't, just you wait because you can always count on our trusty host to drop that kind of bomb. <laughs> right, old Liza blowing up Mike's spot. Yeah, they definitely throw them under the bus. 
it's kind of just everyone discussing how the last vote out was all business as usual, all numbers based. Um, John correctly felt like he was in a position where he had to make an idle play. They forced his hand, but it was the right move. Oh, of course. And then, like, Mike is so salty that John put down his name. He's like, you know, after I picked him first in everything, he still wrote down my name. Mike is King Salt. He's the Salt King. Yes. He's the new mascot for saltine crackers, the Salt King. It's who you do want when you go to Oysters. But not who you, when you want. Go to oysters. Like when you, because you want to have salty oysters from the ocean, right? Because <laughs> okay. seawater, mm. so, oysters, salt. I just didn't know, like, if oysters was a place. No, no. Go to eat oysters. Yes, you want Mike around when you're eating oysters. You don't want him around when you're super dehydrated. Or when you're caring for your pet slugs. Yes. A salt king. Hey, come on down so to the king. clam bake. All righty. We got a uh, Dan really wishing John was gone, but like then ending in like, well, I'd work with anybody. So it really doesn't matter. And then he's down to work with John and Steph hypothetically, but post merge, you know, he's not really looking to make that jump quite yet. Meaning it- it's almost a pointless endeavor right i also like this comes up i think later on in my notes as well but i feel like dan is the biggest player to be like i don't give a fuck as long as i keep going especially at this point in the game that's real episode one energy dan yeah like i don't care if it's raining other people can be uncomfortable i don't care if we have (laughs) food i'm perfectly fine i'm not gonna i don't care if the fire works i don't care who i'm with i don't like he's very like um apathetic to everything and it's just it's turning into a character trait for him in my mind. I hadn't quite picked up on that, <laughs> but you're absolutely right that he's very Mr. Shoulder Shrug at Yeah. I also, we have to talk about Dan. <laughs> I want you all to pull up your main episode five and get to this early part of the episode where Dan is giving his talking head. Yeah, He's in a seated position, <laughs> legs spread nice and wide. Oh my God. Now, I don't want to be weird or anything. <laughs> And this does come up later on when he and references. And you get so mad. You get so mad about it when it comes up in the episode. No, it's six. good. it comes up in episode six. It's good that it came up just because it just highlights. Because he refers to them at the beginning of the next episode as athletic genes. Yes. While speaking to Stephanie. Built with extra support. You can see in his crotch that they are. They have like a stitching that seems to give you more. They gave you a basket instead of mm, a line. Yes, the basket. They give you that that ball basket. He's got the ball, the patented Dan ball basket. <laughs> they might be. I think there's a company called Duluth Trading Company that makes ballroom jeans. A little hilarious <laughs> play on words. It seems like a similar concept. Oh, I wonder if they're the same pants. Oh, maybe. Do you think Dan is from Duluth, Minnesota? I don't know, but maybe he's wearing those ballroom jeans. I don't know, but maybe his pants are. <laughs> High five. Zing. Um. But yeah, I don't know if I'd call them athletic jeans, and I still don't think they're the right... But what if they're, like, literally called athletic jeans? What if they're, like, marketed wherever he bought them as, like, the athletic jean, the jean that won't rip while you're running and bending and... He bought them at the Oxymoron store, where they also sell casual 
gowns and practical Hawaiian shirts. Yes, there are casual gowns. That is a thing. Casual gowns? Yes. But like, I mean, no gown is that casual. Okay, true. All right. Um, But you know. Yeah. Cool. Should we go see Miko? Let's go to Miko. The music cues are really on point. Love the flute trill transition. Gotta gotta record some of your silly little kiddo and send them off to Taylor and see if the maestro would drop them in there. Do you imagine Taylor maestro style in like the pit in their home studio? They've got a full orchestra pit studio in their home, I assume. No, and has like a giant projector with Don't the main episodes. Don't they play and record all of those instruments themselves? Like, I'm pretty sure. Ta- no, I, I think so. But do you think they have the main episode up on a projector no. and they have it like, you know, the pit in front of it, they're conducting while it's playing muted? Yes. But you know what? They also have a screen. in fr- So that's the screen behind them. Right. And then a screen in front of them. How big do we think the screen? But like two stories it's like i mean it's like a projector screen so like high school auditorium yes it's not ridiculous but But it's it's pretty big yes and then it takes up one wall and then in front (laughs) jesus fucking christ um then in front there's another screen okay that's not as big sure but it's like a 12 square Oh. Of all the tailors with all the instruments. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they like, okay, I'm going to do the violin part now and record it auditorially and visually. Yes. And then that goes up on compute on yes. TV monitor. And so one. when I conduct, I'm able to like, yeah. As you go along. So mm-hmm. some of the TV screens are blank until eventually they're all filled with I different mean, tailors playing was... different music. No, I mean, I was thinking that it would be like, you wouldn't build it as you go. You'd have your orchestra of tailors. And as you're conducting music, they'd all be. It's fine. Never mind. I, I, Let's how, keep going. No, but how, you can't. Con- we can't spend this much time here. Nico You're saying that the tailors good. on the TV screens are responding in real time to the tailor conducting no, them? I mean, it would just be planned. It's just magic. Yes. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Taylor, please tell me that you understood. And Cody's just crazy. I'm just dumb. I don't understand what you're telling me. That's Will fine. Trust Andy. William is feeling good about everybody. Everybody. Everybody in the house feeling William. Trisha is still a little bit unhappy to have been chosen by William. <laughs> and we did get the confirmation when Taylor live tweeted our previous episode that it is Trisha and not Trish. Oh, I have uh underlined three times. Don't you worry. Um, Tribe is feeling good. Post mix them up. And Delaney is betting that Matt will be a flipper. Mm. Delaney is like putting it out there that... <laughs> Goodness, Delaney, aren't you about to be proved wrong in the next step? <laughs> Do you see you see that? That little foot hanging out of your mouth, Delaney? Cause Matt a flipper? Talk Never. about the complete opposite. And then Delaney also makes an interesting observation <laughs> about William that although he is or maybe it's about Matt actually. Just kind of speaking in general that just because a person is an 
overly social person. It doesn't mm. mean they're an open book necessarily. Word. Might still be keeping them secrets. I love it. We have this moment of, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of competing views of William emerging <laughs> in this season. Okay. And an early one from Matt is, oh, okay. you know, he looks very good, Will, yum, at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Dr. Bluehead. Specifically as at seven minutes and 59 seconds. Just that uh, Matt <laughs> is like, oh, I love William. I keep calling him Will. and then Lots like, of other people are too, but yes, William. William. We keep it formal. Yes. Matt is... Trisha William. Trisha William. (laughs) Matt is fond of William because William kicked him in the stomach, but then was apologetic about it. And then there's also this moment where William's like, yeah, I love working with the elderly because they have less emotions. And Specifically, older people don't react with emotions as much. The elderly are underrated in general, man, and like society, brother. Now, I do want to just note, (laughs) this is coming right after a moment where we almost get um, Captain Jack Hartnessed. Oh my gosh, I by, forgot about that. By William. Yeah, William So uh, is... just clock that 7 minute 59 second and what William happens to be doing at that point in time. I know because I had to rewind several times to show Jackie. He's standing on the right <laughs> side no, of the screen. No, don't tell him. Don't tell I, him. We have to tell him. No, no, make them Fine. go back and look. It starts to happen. And if you and don't like, know, it's Captain Jack Hartness. Yes, he, it starts to happen. And then you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And then it really almost happens. He almost gives him the old John Barrowman. Oh, man. Who's the guy who plays Captain Jack Harkness. Okay. Yeah, so go. go check it out. Seven minutes, 59 seconds. Clocked. Clocked. You've got to go look at Dan's crotch <laughs> and then go look at William's issue. Crotch. Justin, do we go to rocks or do we just sacrifice Mary Ellen? Justin, I can't believe you considered just sacrificing Mary Ellen. Boo. Tisk, tisk. Justin and William both have some like barbed comments that they throw each other's direction this episode these pairs of episodes um justin is just like oh if i know william he's using these people to his Mm -hmm. own ends they just like their perception of one another is so colored by this other lrg they played a thousand percent what else is funny is i think that um trisha is talking about how she is feeling like the other group might hold a grudge about her because of how she played in the handball. And she's like, like, understandably, I was fucking rough. I like was super aggressive. I like how I, I come to really like Trisha. I think I have throughout the season, but particularly these couple of episodes. Yeah. But, um, it is funny that it's like, Oh yeah, but I wanted to fucking win at the end of the day. You know, it's like, I was super aggressive, but can you blame me? You know, she's not, exactly apologetic about it no not at all and it's clear kind of to the entire miko camp that it's going to be either john or caitlin william's talking about a quote merge scenario and we get the thunder cue behind him what are you talking about Hmm? john or caitlin john's already voted out is John already voted out? yeah john left stephanie's joining back to replace oh stephanie stephanie or caitlin Yes. Mm, I don't. Oh, I just misspoke. Because oh. John was the. Because uh, it's. Because Caitlin was back. voted out and John's and Stephanie's coming in for Caitlin. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking that because it was Caitlin who went home and then John that went home. And John then hasn't gone home yet, has he? You just corrected me saying John has gone home. That's what you just stopped me and corrected me saying. Oh, but Stephanie. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Hold on a second. <laughs> John gets voted off this episode. That's what I'm saying. But you said Caitlin, and Caitlin went home oh, last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, that's why I'm getting... Because there's... <laughs> this is super great podcasting. <laughs> What's happening is that I... Yeah, I got Stephanie and Caitlin mixed up. Okay, that was my confusion. The three of them are the three Miko people who are getting picked off one by one. That's Correct. why Caitlin and Stephanie got mixed up in my head. Cool. But yes, it becomes clear that it's either Stephanie or John who's going home, continuing the trend began by Caitlin last episode with her getting voted off of them just voting off the it's the Azaban people on the new Miko tribe voting off the former Miko people, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. On the same page. I don't know anything about tribe names. And yeah, everyone's just hoping to get to jury, right? That's like... I'm a fan of Survivor. I at least want to hit that benchmark. Yeah. That's like moving on to another phase. And speaking about moving on to other phases, let's go ahead and hop into this next immunity and reward challenge. Damn. All right. It's a uh, Stephanie gets welcome back, to, gets to replace Caitlin, um, joins the new group, whoever yeah, the fuck band, she's with. Yeah. And then um, they get told that they're going to not only be playing for tribal immunity, but also individual reward. Mm-hmm. Do you notice that Stephanie is in a Bruins t-shirt, just like John is in a Bruins hat? <gasps> Do you think they're in a secret alliance? Maybe. Bruins, some type of uh, WNBA team, I think. Hmm. I have no idea. Something from Maine, maybe, or Mass. There's lots of like Massachusetts people. Yeah, I think Stephanie's a confirmed Bostonian, so oh, okay. there might be a Boston team. All right, Boston Bruins. Does that sound familiar? I have no idea. Okay. Um. So they, you should know, I have no fucking clue about any sports teams. Okay, but they stand in a circle and they have to hold discs in their hands, and in between their hands, with the discs in them, are a ball that they're pushing against a player next to them. Five people in a circle. Each tribe has two people sitting out. So those two people automatically give up their shot at reward. Wait, and what's reward going to be? Is it two out each or one out each? One out each. Jeez. One out each, two cumulatively. Yes. And the reward, Jackie, spaghetti or not, it's a spaghetti dinner. Oh my god, spaghetti! Mamma mia! Matt, surprise, like, oh my god, you know, those people who you're always like, uh, oh my god, spaghetti, but oh my god, spaghetti. That was a great moment, Matt, thank you. Hashtag OMG spaghetti. I, it's a great, it's a good challenge, reward, lots of carbs. Yeah, I mean, especially like, unless you're Trisha, um, right. people who haven't gotten a chance to eat, who, you know, you're going off of just rice and some fruit and some coffee, I think, and you're on day two, mid midday two at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'd be fucking hungry. So that'd be fun. We hear Mike expressing that he would feel bad asking anyone else to sit out and then cut to the challenge and Mike is sitting out. Yeah, he was like the captain. So I think he probably felt like that was kind of his thing to do. 
And then Trisha, as you mentioned, who is keto, also sits out. Only makes sense that she that wouldn't pasta. want to win anyways. She just want to like lick the sauce off. That's all she could do. Suck the noodles and spit them back out. Or like, can I get some zoodles? Some mm, zucchini noodles up in here? They would not give them to her. Hashtag zoodle. It's like raining fucking hard on them. Real quick, John and Steph drop. Not totally out, but just their connective tissue between the two of them. And then in the middle of Matt being like, oh, be, <laughs> be prepared to not be prepared instead of shocked when you yeah. drop because it's you, happening. You don't want to get like startled and then drop your other one and then a Cue second Matt later. Dropping. Hilarious. You I, can't you can't script you, these no, things. No, I mean unless it was scripted. Did you did you did you make them do that, Liza? Did you plan that? We learned last season mm. to never question the integrity of production, <laughs> Jacqueline. All right. Out and, of nowhere, Andy drops. We get a shot of Mary Ellen, eyes closed, really in the zone, meditating, locked in. Well, because she ends up being the last person with two hands up. The Justin says to Mary Ellen, you're a rock star. Your family is watching you. Which just stood out as kind of a weird phrase. Mm-hmm. Not very often you get to say that to a person. That While your family's watching you? You're a rock star. Your family's watched. watching you. No, I mean, I haven't heard that phrase uttered very often. If you're like in the concert with the family of <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, if you're with Sharon Osbourne at Ozfest talking to Ozzy Osbourne, that's a time that that statement makes sense. That There you go. Or if you're Justin talking to Mary Ellen. There is one quick moment where we see Trisha trying to whisper something. I catch like somebody is so serious, but I don't know who they're talking about. But that's kind of like the first, like, we're going to talk while we're sitting out and we're not on the same tribe. Just the opposite of Dan's energy. Fully embracing a little bit of tribal communication when it was Dan and Steph, he totally shut her down. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not giving you any info. Fuck off. A little bench bonding, though. I love it. Engaging in some pasta thoughts. Hell yeah. And then out of nowhere, Dan and John drop. Um, Liza. John fucking throws his wood cookie, like, very angrily. He's pissed. He wanted that spaghetti. Some of mom's homemade gravy. That's what they call you know. pasta sauce in Maine. Gravy. Yeah, of course. Hey, give me some of that gravy. Um, <laughs> uh, Liza reminds everyone that your arm cannot be resting on your body. A great rule. Everyone's like super fucking impressed at the 10 minute mark, not having any clue that it's going to be like an hour. So much has happened. I definitely thought watching it that they had done a few time jumps. I'm like, shit, only 10 minutes in. Um, Jess, very statuesque, also looks like fully in the zone. And then we get Steph starting to do a little bit of like game convo while holding the ball and you can kind of tell that jess is like not vibing it like <laughs> i'm fucking trying to focus here like and this is at the 15 minute mark yes um she's essentially like I, steph to jess is oh i don't know why but i just trust you i have an idol i just wanted to let you know it's kind i don't know i don't I think you need to have a little bit of a conversation prior to just being like, ooh, idol, idol, woo, woo. Well, especially springing it on this person while you're doing a physical activity 
You've been holding hands and staring into each other's eyes for 15 minutes straight, focusing intently. I don't know. Just like if they're not into it, it is like a moment where it's hard for just to not reciprocate and not like derail the challenge they're doing, I guess. it It's just a curveball maybe when you're not expecting one. Oh, a thousand percent. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we've got Liza calling out Mary Ellen and Delaney for looking shaky, but Justin coming to their bat. No, you don't. You look good. Oh, but there's one moment in the Jess and Stephanie thing where Jess does reveal to Stephanie about William's fuck up. Oh, true, true. Hashtag Ricegate. Ricegate is back. And then it comes back in full force here in a bit. There, okay. Talking about music. The fucking Zelda music going oh, on so during good. this challenge. 20 minutes, 30 seconds, I believe, is when I clocked it. I'm not doing a good job imitating it, but wonderful. Taylor's on fire. And you know what? Stephanie is pissed and distracted by the idea of no food and fucks it all up. Stephanie just drop. We're and- at a point now where now Miko has one immunity. And now it's just a spaghetti showdown. Hashtag spaghetti showdown. Hashtag pasta off. Hashtag Ooh, pasta off. noodles first race. What about hashtag spaghetti western? Hashtag pasta me at dawn? Ha. Hashtag <laughs> spaghetti showdown? Yeah. That's where you started. That's a different one. Spaghetti sundown showdown noodle first that's a combination of what we've been saying hashtag noodle noodlin 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 here we go um we're at the 40 minute mark hashtag under pressure you little yell out mary ellen you beat those boys there's this moment where delaney and mary ellen are fully tilting to one side and it looks like all hope is lost an amazing save Great communication and pressure work between the two of them to keep it in play. Truly amazing recovery. Amazing. And on that note, Liza tells them, like, mm, and on that note, no more stepping. Specifically, <laughs> I think when we hit the hour mark, yes. you're now not able to move. You're rooted to one spot. And then we've got a really good Matt staring down the camera moment before he, like... Sustained eye contact. And then it's like, hey, we want to be done. Can you win and share it with us? So, yeah, they inquire. William's like, there's no way that the four of us can't share the spaghetti dinner. And Liza says, only one pair can win the reward. Yes. Kind of hinting at the fact that you will be given the opportunity to probably bring someone with you, right? Totally. So, So, oh, I'm, I'm answering, but not answering. I'm dancing around your question. Boys, you want to do it? Let's do it. Well, it's more so, I think Matt is specifically after that, just like, oh, yeah, you know, we really want to just stop. Are you down? And they agree. Matt says slay, hashtag and slay. And like, no, no further discussion. The minute they say yes, they drop, right? And then hashtag spaghetti or not, Mary Ellen and Delaney have won the spaghetti dinner. They get told that they can choose one person to come with them. Liza moves them from the rest, pulls them aside. And then there's this moment where I feel like William is trying to be 
like overly affable and overly altruistic. And he's not really thinking about everything that's going on. And he rushes to tell Matt that, oh, yeah, you go. Just like assuming that they have this deal in place and it's set in stone. Not even thinking that it's not his decision to make. Yeah. And then so Matt's like, oh, thank you, William. You know, and not even thanking the people who no. won the challenge. He walks up there and then Liz is like, okay, so did you choose Matt? And I mean credit to him william that doesn't would... look embarrassed or you know because it's just like well that's the deal we made right unaware yeah. also that apparently there's been a pre-challenge deal made with trisha, trisha. who sat out no that's not yeah it is trisha, trisha did okay. sat, sit out so it's like probably not super practical to take her on this well, challenge or and this also win. being aware of her like dietary restrictions you're not about to bring her to eat some pasta 100 percent. so i guess that kind of goes out the window and but yeah and then, okay, well, you can pick one more person on either tribe. Oh, and then it gets, like, they debate for so long. It's so sloppy. Yes, but there is a ton of sloppy deliberation. I mean, like, minutes of it, to the point where the other cast members are reacting yes. and saying, this is so strange and so awkward. And then they fucking choose William anyway, like... You cannot go through the debate and not end on William because then it looks so bad. And as an audience member, I mean, I like William and I'm glad he got his spaghetti. But with all this, it's like, oh, you're building to this fucking crazy moment where you're not going to pick William. And I kind of wanted them not to just for the drama. Oh, of course. I mean, especially because it's like they're debating, they're debating. Then Liza's like, well... Now, not just one person, one person from anybody. And then they debate even longer. And while they're debating, Mary Ellen has like a big reaction and turns away from Delaney at one point, which led me to believe in the moment that Delaney is maybe pitching Mary Ellen on not picking Matt and Justin. Wow. But we come to learn that it's very much Mary Ellen because they have this whole thing with Trisha, Matt maybe. And William. Matt and William. What did I say? Matt and Justin. I am so bad at names lately. That's okay. Mary Ellen. Pitch Justin. Pitch Justin. And then they had the separate thing with Trisha. Which surprised me at all that Mary Ellen then pitched Justin. If like, why? Why would you pitch Justin at all? I wonder if it's like, we had this thing with Trisha, but she doesn't seem like a good choice because she is keto. Mm -hmm. And then Mary Ellen seems tight with Justin, as we'll find out next episode with the Matt Justin situation that Mary Ellen kind of gets roped in on yeah. last minute or is at least Aware, aware of what's happening yeah so i think she's like tight with justin okay but yeah so uh they choose william <laughs> rolling over to azaban andy apologizes to stephanie for there being no rice john says that that b because they didn't have fire originally that they were crunching on dry rice john has this whole huh. moment where he's like you know i've got all of this and then kind of like arm waves at his body where stephanie has only this so you know i can go longer without eating rice it, it's a good point you know that obviously you've got some stores of food maybe she doesn't have access to true 
we then cut to Dan and you mentioned this moment earlier or we talked about it earlier, but him talking about like, you know, I won't be hangry, but hopefully everyone else will. And then they'll be pissed at William. Like Dan is holding a hard grudge on William on this episode or on this game. And it starts to kind of spread among other people because mm-hmm. Stephanie is full on annoyed at Will mm-hmm. about the rice situation. <laughs> and then Mike has a talking head. Hashtag King Salt. Hashtag Mike is miffed. He's just like, the rice situation. Hi, Will. As if he knows Will's going to be watching this later. And Mike is particularly annoyed that Will dumped all of the rice and then is also getting to go on the spaghetti dinner. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I found particularly funny from Azaban is John's talking head when he's like... The rice isn't even concern number one. Well, yeah, they can't get a fire starting uh, or strategize big time or whatever. And it's like, John, the they is now you, bro. I know. It's like, they've got no dry wood. They can't make a fire. <laughs> this is you as well now, John. Um, it is. Do you? How do you feel about the will? Hashtag RiceGate. Hmm. RiceGate twenty twenty three. I mean, it is a major faux pas. I would not want to be the one handling food. Full stop. Communal food, like not what I want to handle because someone is going to see you doing it wrong. If you like burn it, if you don't cook it correctly, mm-hmm. if you use too much. I think at the very least, communication is key. How much rice do we want to use? How much water do we want to put in this? You know, like asking those questions to the collective and not making any gung-ho decisions is key. I do think it was probably an innocent mistake. I don't think he necessarily purposely poured all the rice in and then once it happened i think it's kind of like oh we're gonna get more don't worry about it i mean he did like oh we'll have half tonight and half tomorrow and Mm. then we'll we'll get more food maybe i'm pulling an andy and trying to maybe unnecessarily defend william's boneheaded blue-headed decision and then the last thing i have in my notes for azaban is trisha equals crazy talk but i have no idea what that's in reference to just because steph is throwing (laughs) heat at trisha about her keto diet oh yeah and it's just like that's crazy to even be attempting keto out here and then hilariously andy's like plus is fruit even keto well and and then then they're like well she wouldn't eat the banana or the apple Right. It's like, well, Annie, yes, she is actually doing keto. You don't know more about her keto diet than she does. She only ate the fruit that applies. Don't worry. She had some strawberries and a clementine, motherfucker. And then we switch over. Oh, and before we go to the spaghetti reward, we get, because we found out from Taylor that the (laughs) bluebird shot was all Becky. We get a Becky chipmunk shot going into reward. Little chipmunk yeah, striped down his back. Great little chipmunk look. Uh, you know, fattening up as we're getting to go to the spaghetti reward. At the spaghetti reward, Mary Ellen, in a talking head, kind of shed some light on the whole choosing dilemma. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Will gets to be like, you know, I'm gonna use this awkwardness as a cover up that we're not actually close, but uh, you know, we are. And once they got to the actual dinner, it seems like the awkwardness passed pretty quickly. Do you see anyone, like, searching for any type of, like, reward or anything? No, not at all. That's something it's like, did they talk about it and we didn't see it? Was it, like, 
no one even fucking looked. But I mean, usually there's a reward at these type of things. And I don't think there was because they would have clued us in on it. Yeah. Um, production. But still, you fucking should look. The um, lady's a little concerned that the four of them might have a target on their back because they've gone and gotten food. And pitches them on a spaghetti four plus Trish as yes. a little core group of five. Um, Matt talks about this being a little bit of a plot armor, as he might call it. It's like such an interesting, maybe you're a little bit down the navel gazing hole as a super fan when you're like, oh, yeah, this is all plot armor for me later on. It's just very buzzwordy. Feels a little disconnected from the actual game that's going on. I don't know. That might at, just be me saying that. At least he didn't say that it's for the jury later or something like that. <laughs> this is uh, my resume. I'm yes. building up my resume. Yes, that's the lingo. This game. I love this game so much. This game of Survivor. Um, he oh. also talks about how he cutely upchucked bile all day. Yeah. Mike is a... Mike, Matt. Matt is a cutie pukey. Cutie pukey Matt. Hashtag cutie pukey. Hashtag the spaghetti four. And then as we leave the spaghetti dinner, Jacqueline, what do we get? A second chipmunk shot. <laughs> Bookend chipmunks. That's adorable. Ch -ch -ch Chip and Dale, rescue rangers. What? Yeah. Ch -ch Chip and Dale, rescue, rescue rangers. rangers. Ch -ch Chip and Dale, rescue rangers. Um, and then Azaban. Uh, 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 Azaban. Back to Azaban. Yeah, back to Azaban. It's an Azaban reward sandwich. Ooh, just like those chipmunks. Uh, Steph and John talking about flipping. John, foul mouth, former Miko. God, he fucking swears as much, if not more than I do. He swears more than I do on the pod. He says specifically that he's in a shit storm, but hopefully he can wipe away the shit. I think he's a sailor man. John the sailor man. Arr. Or could he be SpongeBob? Well, I called him a sailor because sailors swear, swear. classically, where SpongeBob very but much But sailor does not. is out at sea, and who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob? Yeah. I don't know if it tracks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, people are throwing out Mike's name. John is pegging Mike as the Miko leader. There's a quick conversation about potentially flushing Andy's idol. Which I don't know why they don't explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Steph talks a little bit about how she would feel bad voting for Mike because he's a teacher. Mm -hmm. Do you think other people's occupations would at all affect your vote? Yeah. Fuck teachers. If you didn't notice this in my last... We covered this last <laughs> time we had a teacher on the game. I, you know... It's strange to hear the teacher saying fuck teachers. What are you doing? How do you have this much fucking energy to go play an LRG after teaching all year? Don't you? It is, it's in fucking May. It's the end of the school year, motherfuckers. What are you even thinking? Mm. Yeah. Go grade some teachers. Go Mike. grade some fucking papers, Mike. I don't let occupations <laughs> affect my vote. Case in point, I didn't fucking vote for Ben Carson, the surgeon, the first surgeon to separate conjoined twins at the skull who has a lifetime movie made after him i think fucking morgan freeman plays him but also a crazy conservative 
Dr. Ben Carson. What do you mean about voting for him? He ran for president in 2016. Oh, God. Okay. Jesus. Occupations don't affect my vote. Almost 2024. So that's so long ago. You don't think Carson will be back? No. Um, Let's not talk politics on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Steph tells Dan. Lose half our listenership. (laughs) You think we got a lot of Ben Carson heads in the. Out in Maine? No, I think we just have a lot of people who maybe care about politics. And if we were to get real honest about our views. Oh, my gosh. I think most people probably align with us politically. But you're saying something that is (laughs) alluding to them thinking the opposite. We voted for Donald Trump, okay? All rest assured, (laughs) MAGA fever on the pod 24-7. Not all these people are new. (laughs) What? Some of these people are new listeners. I know. That was a joke. Very much did not vote for Donald Trump. Voting is a sham. Politics is a sham. If you're running for president, you are a rich fucking piece of shit. Yes. Okay. Listen, well, I just want to say (laughs) I have receipts for where I was on January 6th. It wasn't at the Capitol. I was at home in my bed. (laughs) Were you? Sleeping. I think it was at work. It happened in like the middle of the day. Oh, okay. Um, Mike has no interest in sticking OG lines. And I find that really interesting. There's some conversation about like, are we going to stay solid? Is there going to be this time of switch up? When does switching up make sense now that we've kind of like switched around a little bit? Are we going to stay solid? Are we going to branch out? I like how much talk there is of... It's boring just to stay along tribal lines. Yeah. After merge, after mix-em-ups, I am so down to... Mix-em-up-ems. Oh, I'm a former Miko. Let's stay with Miko Strong. It's like, fuck that. That portion of the game is over. It happens so often in Survivor. I find it very boring. Yes. Um, So did Caitlin. Then she went home. Uh, Stephanie mentions, you know, John does snore like a motherfucker. So just keep that in mind. haha. But for real, he hurt his leg. So we have to vote him off. Yes. Which, again, I've heard nothing from John about this. Get rid of the cripples. Get rid of the cripples. It's just strange that Stephanie is literally the only person mentioning this, including <laughs> John. And I, I haven't seen him hurt his leg. Nope. He's walking around. He's nope. competed in challenges since she's brought this up. But nobody has like pushed back on her bringing this up either. It's almost like no one responds to it. Yeah. It I just don't know. floats out into the ether. Fucking weird. You know, I had a thought about the shot in the darks. Okay. You know what might be fun? What? If they did a drag race magic chocolate bar. Where there's one with the golden ticket, then you each get the chocolate bar. What? And when you get eliminated, rather than like, oh, you have, you know, all, because I think each shot in the dark has the same odds, right? Yes. One person only has a like free from elimination ticket that is randomly given at the very beginning. Didn't Survivor do something like that? No, Drag Race did it. Oh, that's right. Specifically, I'm. Yeah, okay. I, that's why yes. I said Drag Race. Okay, sorry. Magic chocolate I bar. maybe missed the Drag Race portion of that because I was thinking. It's essentially just <laughs> one person has, un- unbeknownst to them, a golden yes. ticket that saves them from elimination that you don't find out until they open their chocolate bar after being eliminated. If they get eliminated. If they get eliminated, that's the thing. The yep. person it might be yep. like one of the final two or three so no one gets it it's a fun wild card wouldn't it be fun if no one had it and they told you that they did and it was just yeah okay uh (laughs) (laughs) so mike is worried that steph has an extra vote 
And there's this moment where Dan is just hopelessly confused when they're kind of breaking down how the vote's going to go. <laughs> oh, we'll just do this. if he, Oh, well, we won't know that she has an extra vote, Dan, when we're at the vote. Because she will have already voted Dan. Teacher Mike really coming out. Yeah, Dan. And then Mike corner Stephanie. Ballroom he, Dan. Ballroom jeans Dan. And Mike is throwing Dan under the bus. Ow. Ooh, that hurts. And then Steph tells Mike she has an idol and that the plan is to vote for Dan. And at this point, Steph doesn't have an idol. She does not have an idol. <laughs> Let's go to tribal. Let's go to tribal. It's our first night tribal. Um, okay, yes. Amazing torch walk of welcome. They have that line of torch. It's like, that would be so cute to, like, go to a party. You're going down this, like, walking path of lit torches out to, like, a romantic dinner. That's fun. It also looks Um, great for surviving main tribal also. Everyone's excited to be there. Yes, the the cast is very gagged and intimidated at the evening tribal. Quack. Liza is now in a cool surviving main sweatshirt, which yeah. I hope they're selling at the end of the season. Quack. What's with the duck noises? Well, you know, John and Steph are just sitting there like sitting ducks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you just weren't quacking for no reason? No, I wasn't. <laughs> yes, they're Quack. openly on the chop. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of last week when it was yes. John and Caitlin in the same position. Can they do it? Uh, um. Dan says that <laughs> idols are always a consideration. Uh, Mike mentions that he's a little idol wary regarding Stephanie. Uh, they weren't thinking of a switch. Not a good player. That's that's one I know. So, who's not a good player, Jacqueline? Past Jacqueline? I don't know. Mm, Top notch note taking and <laughs> podcasting are delivering right now. There is this interesting thing where. John is like, you know, we're essentially just told that we have no hope and this is just the situation. And then Mike. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Mike is like, hold up. That was never actually explicitly stated. (laughs) And then Steph is like, well, you know, verbal or not, let's not pretend that that's not the situation. But I didn't say that. At first, it's like, okay. (laughs) Mike is like, he seems to be saying initially well, maybe if you had talked to me, that yeah. wouldn't be the case. But then it very clearly becomes like he's splitting hairs almost. Yes. Of, yes, that is the status quo. And yes, we are all aware of it. And yes, that is the case. But, but it hasn't been verbalized. That was not explicitly said. And like, what point are you making? That is how all of you are voting. So the moment Stephanie responds as, okay, Mike didn't say oh it. Oh my gosh. Best, best moment of the night. So hilarious. Mike, is Mike a fussy Franklin? Fussy Franklin. You know, like a nervous Nelly? Or a mifty Mike? Mifty Mike. He gets all miffed at things. Fussy Franklin. (laughs) Salt King. Yeah. Uh, A little bit. A little bit. And then he also expresses some worry that someone on Azaban Core 4 may flip. And then Andy reacts very largely. (laughs) Something afoot. Liza tells Steph and John that the group that they're with is the original Azaban 4 that arrived to their camp together. And this, like, 
kind of pisses off Mike because Mike hoped that no one noticed. Well, then he splits hairs again. He's like, well, kind of, yes, but not really. Because the thing is, I didn't pick Dan until last. Right. Dan just happened to end up on my tribe. Dude, there was a whole group of people to be picked from. Well, it's also like Liza isn't saying that you orchestrated this necessarily. (laughs) They're just pointing out that the other four people that you're sitting with are those four original people. And that's undeniable. But as Mike points out, it's all about the merge. Liza asks, asks um, anything else to crickets and then let's roll the dice. Andy oh, goes to vote first. Yes. And idol hunts. Mm-hmm. Then Stephanie goes to vote. When Andal, sorry, when Andy is idol hunting, he's like in hardcore dad mode, kind of like mumbling to himself and like a sing song, like <laughs> it's it's a very charming moment. So Steph looks exactly where Andy looked, but then turns around. Now, I want to say we need to acknowledge that Stephanie voted first. She voted before she went searching for the idol, so she had the assumption. That she had no real idol. She had to do what she had to do. Yes. It's also pull that out. It's dark in the like hunting blind little elevated room area that they vote in. So I we went back and scrutinized the tapes. We did. We watched Andy come in. We tracked where he looked. We tried to because there's when you watch it, it's like, oh, our lights being turned on. But we discovered, no, that's just the light from one camera and different angles have vastly different lighting. Yeah. So we were looking for foul play. Tom foolery, some might say. We busted out the CSI crime lab and poured over the footage and found Use no. Use those blue lights. Looked for all the cum. Yeah, found all the cum <laughs> on the tape. Maybe that's just in the podcasting studio. Jesus Christ. There's so much cum in here. On the, Cody, why is there cum all over the laptop? <laughs> you tell me <laughs> all over the podcasting studio which is also your office that you're in by yourself for hours and hours a day you tell me <laughs> i'm pleading the fifth on this one <laughs> like all innocent people do <laughs> um yeah uh so really excited steph finds the idol but, but we, really yeah. sad because that probably indicates that john's going home We dug through that footage like it was the fucking Zapruder film, and it is with, it's above question. Steph found that idol. Uh, Great moment. So we both thought that it would be fun if Stephanie now put the fake idol. Yes, with with her note. note. Hide it in the fucking spot that you just found that. It'd be great. Yeah, it would be. Doesn't but happen, take though. a good look at it because the one you made doesn't look at all like these idols that have been popping up. So you should remake yours, probably. Very cinematic tribal, I felt like. Yes. And then, okay, so everyone's done voting. Liza asks, are there any idols to be played? Oh, Liza. Great moment from Steph. What a showman. Hashtag the greatest showman. Greatest Show Woman. Really pulling a... Who plays The Greatest Showman and also Wolverine? Hugh Grant? Maybe. Hugh Laurie? Hugh I think those are honestly two different British men. (laughs) Hugh Hugo? Hugh Hugo. Yeah, that's who. He's The Greatest Showman. Who Hugh Hugo? Stephanie really pulling some Hugh Hugo vibes here. Hashtag Greatest Showman. And then the votes come in. They did. We've got three for Stephanie, which do not count. Don't. Count, don't count. One for Mike. 
Wow. Three for John. Mike is so mad from his one vote. Mike, like, literally, like, rolls his eyes and goes, wow. He's just, he's feeling the heat. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot in that kitchen, Mike. He's the fucking salt king. Hmm. Um, I just, yeah, Steph voted for John before she found the idol. I wonder if she had found the idol first, would it have changed her vote? Would she have also voted for Mike and make it a 2-2? Would Mm. that have been pointless? Probably. It would have been pointless. I think she made the right choice because it ingratiated people to her so much. Yes, 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 yes. We'll get into it next episode, but like this hard gameplay that she's doing before finding the idol and people just being like, fuck, she really wants, like she was playing that hard with an idol in her pocket. She really wants to be here. Really. And then. And they just respect her for it. Totally. Especially because it was a real idol. Way to go. Way to go, Steph. Um, We've got John with his hat on that gives him these cute little elf ears. I will say about John. Because after the vote, Mike is, oh, what just happened? Yeah. John in his talking head immediately knows what happens, knows there's an extra vote, knows who voted where. Yeah. He's revealed himself to be a very observant, smart player throughout the game. A thousand percent. Um, He says he didn't quit. He had a blast and gave it his all and says to watch out for the three-headed dragon of Matt, Justin, and Will. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then, of course... Old Sailor John. That was me trying to do a dragon breathing fire. It didn't work. Sailor John has to end (laughs) on a salty note and says he just got swap fucked with no condoms. Yeah. And now he's got a survivor STI and it burns. That's really gross, John. Whenever he survivor pees, his survivor urethra is on survivor fire. You should probably have like real conversations with the people you're about to have sex with just survivor about their STI status. Next time you play an LRG, you have to tell everyone else that you have an LRG STI because you got fucked at tribe swap, but like in real life too. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with episode number six. See you in a minute. Oh, wait, 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 What? Oh, fuck! John is definitely the 13th Doctor, Peter Capaldi. No. A hundred percent, who is gruff and in his career outside of the Doctor is known for colorful swearing. Okay. All right. I guess I'll give that to you. Who would you say? A Cyberman? Yeah. Throw yeah. it Throw it to break. Welcome back to Survivor Cast International Surviving Maine, Episode Six. I really love athletic jeans. So, yes, at the top of <laughs> episode six, six, swimming in a pool too deep, mm-hmm. their episode title. You know it. We get a little, the first mention of Dan's athletic jeans. Even pre-intro, we have Dan breaking down his pant choice to Stephanie. 
explaining that, no, I have not been uncomfortable this whole time. No, I did not make a poor choice. These jeans specifically designed to be athletic. Stephanie, look at my crotch. Look at the stitching on my crotch. Aren't these athletic? Have you not been staring around my dickle area this whole time? And then also, speaking about the intro, we get a little, you pointed it out. We we get both a, a Dan Jean highlight in the intro. Mm-hmm. And then Mike has a little boxer. Yeah. Boxer bulldog Mike moment where he's like putting up the fisticuffs, bouncing around on his feet. Yeah. We figure out why Mike has been so feisty this whole time. I think he could be the champion of the world. Do, 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 do. Heavyweight, lightweight, featherweight. He could do it all. And uh, just got to say again, the intro is so fucking good to Surviving Maine. The intro is great. Surviving Maine, you've done it right. I think I truly enjoy it more than watching CBS Survivor at this point. Well, I mean, you also get to interact with the players, and that certainly helps. We haven't had a ton of player interaction this season. True. I will say... William? Bluehead? You bluehead say? I bluehead say... I must say, hold up, wait a minute. Oh, damn. Who was it? Now, if you reach out to us on Twitter, you're going to be talking to me. If you reach out to us on Instagram, you'll most likely be speaking to Jacqueline. But not really, because I'm not super on our Instagram for, but I received a message. What? And Dan also did tell us that... um, he would talk about how wet his jeans are anytime we want. I will say thank you to William. Gave us some deleted scenes to help us understand what, some of our mishaps. I will do a solo watch along to the deleted scenes someday, knowing that Jackie is just far too busy. And Matt, Matt. sent me his address. What? Because guess what, Matt? I am. I haven't. Uh, I have a cake in the oven as we speak, Matt. I thought Bluehead was getting the vegan baked goods. No, Matt was the very first one. Oh, my gosh. Blue hair was third, to be honest. Yeah, we talked about how William has, since the season aired, elevated his hair from Bluehead to Pinkhead. I mean, it's pretty great. But Matt, who's active right now, as I'm... I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say, hi, Matt. Matt. We're talking Matt, about Matt, you. Matt. Matt, right Matt, now Matt, on Matt, the pod. Matt, 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 Okay, that's fun. But I'm Matt. didn't join me in that chat. <laughs> Matt, 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 Matt. Okay. Um, I will be sending you a Cosmic Brownie. Are they the special Valentine's Day variants of the Cosmic Brownie? They are. He's going to be getting Matt, let my... Me These Cosmic Brownies, they're not full of weed. I know you're disappointed. Sorry. Cosmic Brownie named after the hostess Little Debbie Cosmic Brownie with the psychedelic sprinkles on the top. Right. But Jackie's Cosmic Brownie is her best vegan treat she makes. Fucking delicious. My personal favorite. And she makes a Christmas variant with a mint layer to it. I haven't yes. tried the Valentine's variant with uh Marchino cherry buttercream. But it's going to be delicious, I'm sure. I, you know, Matt, it's coming your way. Does that mean the podcast is officially asking Matt to be our Valentine? I guess. Matt, from all of us here at Survivor Cast International, will you be our Valentine? Would you be our chocolatey treat? Hey, Matt, we 
choo choo choose you. Choo choo. Hey Matt, check yes or no. Will you be our Valentine? Hey Matt, we Pika choose you. Pika Pika. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, if you say no, I will be brokenhearted. Matt, you have no choice. You are the podcast Valentine. We <laughs> you will can say no. Be, we'll be on your doorstep on Valentine's Day, ready to take you out to a delicious pasta dinner. Okay. You I mean, main, OMG pasta. You thought that main spaghetti was good. Wait till you get some of Papa Cody's spaghetti. <laughs> Wink. Um, I'm not talking about noodles. Stephanie still has one fake. <laughs> Sounded like you're in the Black Lodge for a moment. <laughs> Stephanie still has one fake idol. Andy is now playing this game of I found my extra vote at Tribal. Mm. And now Stephanie knows. Stephanie knows it's bullshit because that's where she found her she i i enjoy stephanie so much oh my god she's fucking sharp as a tag because just like there's no fucking way that they hid two things in there oh ooh! i just stabbed myself on <laughs> stephanie's sharpness and then um dan it's funny that dan is not at all suspicious of what andy is saying because you know andy found the idol and told us right away so why would he keep anything to himself Andy's just banking on people not thinking him sneaky. He's just sleepy, old, white guy Andy. Yeah. He really is flying under the radar to a point that I'm forgetting he's on the season sometimes. I mean, kind of. It's just that raccoon hat that reminds you. He doesn't say or do much from episode to episode. <laughs> I love him, but... He is there. Um, And, you know, we keep getting lots of talk about Dan's pants. And, uh... Mike wants to go to the end with Andy. Andy is Mike's number one. He said, uh, Mike specifically says that he and Andy, you know, one of them is more, you know, strategic and the other has a more physical strength that Let's, they're a classic George and Lenny pairing, if you will, or a uh, ponder who's who here, a master and blaster type situation. <laughs> um, we get lots. Mike, well, Mike is definitely saying that he's the master and Andy's the blaster. Right. He rides around on Andy's shoulders mm -hmm. and makes people get beaten up by Andy, but then ultimately sacrifices blaster in the end. You know, whenever Andy gets upset, he has Mike tell him about the farm they're going to buy together and all the bunnies they're going to raise and so on and so forth. Did Matt respond to you? LMAO, how ominous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Matt, 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 don't read to yourself, read out loud. No, that's all he said. Hashtag, we love Matt. We do love Matt. All right. Where were we? You know, we've got Stephanie running on nothing because, you know, she didn't get any fucking rice. And those fuckers went and ate her fucking rice that she only got two fucking bites of. And all she had was fucking coffee. So now she's running on two bites of rice and coffee. And that's it. Fuck you, William. And the lack of Trisha eating <laughs> comes up again. Hashtag food gate. It's her own goddamn fault. Really pegging her as the Richard Nixon of the season, Trisha. We get um, told that Stephanie is a true Bostonian. Yes. And she's really bonding with her new tribe. They all assume that Miko is in hard kumbaya mode, but they have bonded through the pain and the adversity. Now, let's take this aerial shot view 
Oh, wait. Nope. You got a little bit more? Just a few things. Speaking of gates, Ricegate also continues to haunt Will. This is the moment where Andy kind of defends Will a little bit, saying it was more of a democratic situation. But Mike and Dan hardcore shut that down. For sure. Really pegging William as the Richard Nixon of the season. My God. <laughs> um, and then Steph says Dan is at the bottom of, bottom of the packing order and that she maybe will align with him, hoping to survive. You know, like he's going home. I can use that as a shield. Okay. Word. Rolling over to Miko. With this beautiful aerial shot. It's stunning. There's this just gorgeous view. We come in with Trisha, who is being very magnanimous, I think, regarding the rice situation. <laughs> I love Trisha's talking heads. I really? Because I have favorite. sassy at spaghetti. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think she's being, she's just very thoughtful. I feel like she has just this very considered manner of speaking that I, her talking heads are always a pleasure for me. Um, Justin knows that he's the hashtag cornhole master. He also is really trying to downplay his usefulness. He doesn't want people to view him as someone who's going to be a threat because I think he views himself as that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and Trisha is really kind of circling William to go home at this beginning part. We've had a few instances of her kind of touch on that he has this very slick, big personality that he's super charismatic and able to align people to his cause and that that's a big threat and that he holds lots of sway. Let's just say Trisha is fucking stressed out by this. She's like, yes, really fun to watch this person who's not super versed in survivor, like talk about how she's not versed in survivor and also like how she's kind of freaking out on how to know who to vote off and like all this voting stuff and all this strategy stuff. It's like she likes the the numbers and the strategizing, but like you said, it's also making her a nervous wreck. Yes. But you know what she gets? What? She gets Jackie. The titular moment of the episode. What? What? Is when she's talking about her stress. She's like, oh, I'm swimming in a pond too deep. Mm-hmm. True. True, true, true. I did like that uh well because when we're watching the episode when someone says the episode name it's like someone fucking said the word of the day on peewee's playhouse we're just screaming and waving our arms in the podcast studio freaking out loving it furniture comes to life ah that talking Ah. candle Ah. um justin thinks that tribal lines are boring like the third or fourth time this has come up in the season which is really fun to see i love it Um, Will telling Justin that these are like the people he feels closest to, but then Justin taking that as like a quote unquote pink flag. Well, because Justin is talking to Trisha and says that Will told him that Trisha and Delaney are the people that Will is closest to. And this weirds Trisha out. Because Trisha's like, um, no, because me and Will, we don't vibe that hard. Right. And so he's like, he's just too smooth. He's like making all of these social cues using like people's names and this like social clout that doesn't really exist. And she doesn't want to put a red flag on him necessarily. She goes one step back for the pink flag. Um, And then we cut to Will, who's like, you know, I like to think I'm a good person who does the right thing. And 
all of my social bonds are completely genuine and above boards, except for the fact that I'm crafting every single moment of it. And it's not genuine whatsoever. I mean, yeah. And then it's just like, Matt thinks Trisha's the absolute best. He's just, Matt is delighted to be somebody's favorite. He's giggling and his mustache is blowing in the wind. And <laughs> how could you not love it? I mean, he feels like a little boy with a first crush. The little boy with a big mustache. Matt is like, it's probably going to be Justin or Rox. William is definitely looking to take out Justin. And uh, Matt's not willing to go to Rox for Justin. Or so he says now. Yeah, he he kind he wants Justin around. Right. Ideally to use him as a shield moving into challenges because he feels like if Justin isn't there, I'm going to be pegged as a big physical threat. It's really interesting to see that this is how he's feeling at this point in the episode, knowing what's to come. Absolutely. It's, I guess it's just indicative, right, of how quickly things can change in Maine. Now, rolling in to... Immunity? Uh, immunity? We get Matt whistling, and then that rolls into Taylor Lydia Tarring the Indiana Jones theme. Hashtag John Williams. I need Taylor to fucking release a vinyl of her recorded main music. I mean, it would be fucking wonderful. But yes, the Taylor's version of the Indiana Jones theme song mm-hmm. is really great. Speaking of Taylor and music, do you think Taylor is a Taylor Swift fan? A little Swifty? I hope not, because we get enough of that at home. True. True. (laughs) Is this on? Okay, so Pax. Yes. Cody's stepkid. Well, my kid. Your kid. kid, My stepkid. Our kid. Our child. The non-furry one. When you, uh, wait, <laughs> when you say our child, the non-furry one, it sounds like we have a kid that dresses up in like cat ears and puts on a little cat tail, little cat e-boy. We have a little cat. Bossy. Literal cat. Little cat. Um, C-A-B or A-C-A-B, assigned cat at birth. Yes. A-cab. A-cab. The good type <laughs> of A-cab. Well, all, a- all, cap, all cops are bad and... Now, Boots Riley of the coup says that you shouldn't say all cops are bastards because what's wrong with being a bastard? I'm, you know, Jax is a bastard. True. Nothing. Don't want to shame people for being born out of wedlock. True. True. So all cops Bitches. are All cops are bad. Are baloney, which is also bad. Baloney is bad. <laughs> <laughs> cops really are the baloney of sandwich meat. You know what? They really are. Um, but yeah, they, uh, coaxed you into buying them that uh taylor swift clock well here's the thing right so taylor swift whom something like one in four of all vinyl sold in 2022 was a taylor swift vinyl marketing genius that she is decided i'm going to on the back of my vinyl i'm going to release four variants of the same album Mm -hmm. each a different color each Containing numbers in a circular pattern that, when combined, make the face of a clock. Mm-hmm. And from her website, you can order a whole thing to mount it on your wall and make it into a functioning clock. My child, little Pax, wanted this for Christmas or their birthday. 
Christmas is in December. Their birthday's in January. January. And, uh, you know, it went very quickly and then was reselling for like $300. So, uh, you know, crafty father I am went to the Internet and found the materials to make it ourselves. (laughs) And boy, has it been a pain in the ass to get that mounted correctly and evenly and all the numbers aligned and finding the fucking clock hands that work. And now they're not sticking out the wall enough and getting caught on the vinyl. Did you fix it? I maybe need to do one tweak and then it's completed. All right. Love it. Hashtag Taylor Swift clock. So I guess we're saying that Taylor and Liza should each release limited edition. Four vinyl clocks. Four vinyl clocks. (laughs) They each need to put out a vinyl and then release four variants of it with their faces and numbers. And And make a clock. Make a clock. Hashtag main clock. Can we get into this? immunity challenge now i've got more stupid bullshit to say first no (laughs) what they're doing is they're gonna run out jackie run run, they're gonna collect five balls go get them balls and then in any you get the balls in any order yeah then they're going to line up at the ball ramp oh my god and you've got to toss the ball into the air it lands on a ramp rolls down the ramp meanwhile you're going through like a rope obstacle course a little foot action going on yeah and you've got to get through it by the time the ball rolls off the ramp and catch it. In fucking sanity. Looks tough. Looks very tough. And then, once everyone has made it through the netted ball grab walk, I don't fucking know what they call it. I mean, I think that's the perfect phrasing for it. Everybody has to throw their ball up onto this, like... Perch? Oh, what do they call it that you walk under for your wedding? Arch? Uh, Hoppa? Oh, what I don't is it? Who, I was thinking like arc, arch. Yeah, arc, but there's archway. like a specific Jewish one or something. Uh, I'm sorry. I wish I was Jewish, and, but yeah, something. I sadly am just a goy. I am not one of the chosen people. Get goy. All right. Um, and each person has to throw the ball to get it up top. Must be thrown and not placed. Liza specifies. So everybody has to do everything except for Matt, who is sitting this one out, and immediately like before he's sitting down, finds a package stuck into the bench. And puts it in his underwear. <laughs> Round number one. Andy versus Justin are the first two from each of their respective tribes running out to get those balls. And it's a long run, this one. They go for a long time. This ends with Andy being just a hair in front of Justin. Like rabbit hair or hair from your head hair? Is one thicker than the other? Is one bigger? I mean, a rabbit is thicker than your hair on your head. I'd say rabbit hair then, because I think okay. he's got a slight edge to his advantage. How many rabbits ahead is Andy to Justin? One rabbit hair. Just one? Just, Just one? Not even a full habit. habit. Not even a full rabbit. Not even a full habit on a rabbit that's a nun. Well, human hair is probably thicker. Well, no, rabbit hair is still probably thicker, right? Rabbit in a habit. And it's know. about like a rabbit going through the religious system is that anything andy passes off to dan and justin (laughs) passes off to delaney and they flat out toy flat out toy jess and trisha running off they tie motherfuckers hashtag athletic jeans i can't believe you mentioned dan without his athletic jeans uh steph v will and will finally takes the lead your my notes here dan when he's running he's got closed fists he's got to open up those palms no wonder 
No wonder he lose that he lost that lead that Dan gave or that Andy gave him. Dan, be like the T one thousand. You want those hands slicing through the air. Um, yes, Delaney makes up time, tags in Trisha before Dan can tag in Jess. Okay. Then Will and Steph go in. Will is a winner. Will tags in Mary Ellen. And now Miko is fully in the lead. Yes. Then Mike is the last Azaban person to run. He's the hashtag Azaban anchor. But he does catch up to Mary Ellen. Mike runs like he crawls. He's got these like... He's a tank. Well, I, he's just got these like really quick, rapid movements. He was doing it while crawling. They're like super fast micro movements. Like he's, a, not, he's not making big strides. He's making a million tiny strides in a second. So he's like a snail? A it's caterpillar? Like a centipede. <laughs> okay, cool. I love it. Matt the centipede. Mike. And Mike. <laughs> and Mike, I mean that complimentary. Right. Matt is sitting out. Mike's the centipede. Not eating out of people's butts. Um, what? Like the human centipede. That's <laughs> oh the only God, thing I what? think of when you say centipede. Have you ever seen the human centipede? No, I haven't. We just all have heard about it. Atrocious. Just yeah. not even worth the time of day. No, let's keep going. So we get to this point where you have to throw the ball up and get through the foot maze, which seems like it would be almost impossible, especially because, I mean, granted, these are homemade, but like... The, the things are kind of shaking, and if you grab onto the side to steady yourself, like, you move it quite a bit. Liza is yelling at them multiple times at the beginning. Don't touch it! Don't touch the sides, which I can understand the temptation to. Oh, yeah, you're, like, tripping in these ropes, which I would very much get hurt. I would break my body. As a band, really pulls far ahead here. This is where the challenge is won, essentially, because Mary Ellen is the first to kind of be struggling going through the rope obstacle. Oh, my God. She face dives like oh three my, times. Like painfully. But then we see Delaney struggling, too, and Trisha face falls. Dive, and also, yeah. Face dive is such a, like, visceral well, word. Because, like, they have no control. Their uh, you, feet well, are they're... caught in this net, and then it's just like, boom. You see them just plant, just oh. fall and, like, neck almost move at an angle looks horrible looks fucking painful you're feeling this for sure sleeping on the ground later and you haven't eaten my god the challenge is the season people sign I... up to do this for fun like this is fun for people every time i i <laughs> want to play surviving maine i think i would i really want to get on a season i mean being part of production would be cool and i don't know how well i would do i might get there and feel terrible and my lack of social skills would certainly come to haunt me your but tummy would hurt I, it would hurt i'd be somewhere between matt and larry either leaving certainly vomiting blood at least you don't have to poop outside at least there's like porta potties but i would poop outside you would dig a hole and <laughs> gross. cody what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> right by camp too <laughs> just go all. right behind a tree <laughs> i'm gonna camp out in the main woods just hoping to stumble upon them months before they start filming and then just be like a wild man. Asban kills it. <laughs> <laughs> just not even acknowledging it. I love it. Asban kills it. It's the only thing that saves Stephanie. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause Dan lands a ball and Mike lands like two in a row while they're still struggling to get through the rope course. And Mike is really the ball master mm. at the end of this challenge. He lands multiple balls. Are they allowed to? Is that allowed to be happening? Liza specifically says that anyone, that it doesn't have to be one person. Like, you don't each have a ball and have to get it on the perch. Anyone 
everyone's just doing it as fast as you can, whatever works. Okay. She specifies that at the beginning. Well, Azaban wins. Yep. Miko loses. Uh, we get the best quote from Jess being like, you know, usually anything with balls is not my thing. Well, some things. Well, <laughs> one thing. Hilarious. Um, yep, we like them balls. We get Mike kind of an endearing moment of just like, who who would have thought that I'd be the person killing it at this part of the challenge? Not me. I kind of, it's fun when you, you think see someone... someone with long legs would be good at this whole thing. And it's always a pleasure to see somebody push themselves out of their comfort zone or do something that isn't a skill that they have in normal life and surprise themselves at doing something like this, especially a physical challenge in the setting. You mean you're not usually throwing balls onto a post to see if they can get stuck up there? That's not like a usual part of your life? I don't know what Mike gets up to in his free time. But Is it Mike a not. teacher? That should be part of his normal life. It should be. Yeah. Kids throwing balls, constant. All right. Rolling into Miko. What up, Meeks? Trish is very disappointed. Trisha is very disappointed that they lost the challenge. Uh, you know who's disappointed but still has high spirits? Mary Ellen? Yeah. Yeah, she's a little bit frustrated and specifically points out that it was the ladies who struggled the most. But I think that's a keystone aspect to Mary Ellen's character. Mm-hmm. The like, you know, it was hard. But we found it, and we're going to do great. She's playing a low-key game, but is always a ray of sunshine. Always seems to be smiling and positive. Has never given a negative talking head. Did I do a good Boston accent for Mary Ellen? Only Mary Ellen can tell. Okay. Well, I guess Stephanie is the hashtag certified Bostonian. Yes. Um, Matt is worried and thinks that Justin might just be in trouble. Matt also thought that the challenge was a classic puker. He gave it an eight on the vomit scale. God. And then, yes, he is full on throwing Justin to the wolves because he is currently concerned about making merge, at least at the beginning. Yes. He is very much aware that right now they're living a three versus three world and he's just a player in it. Justin, meanwhile, is trying to plant some seeds of doubt mm. um, to Delaney regarding Trisha. He's kind of just like testing the waters a little bit. Just like, oh, Trisha said this thing. Does that make sense to you? Seems kind of weird. I feel like he's just trying to kind of sneak in and yeah. edge anywhere he can. A thousand percent, which you must. We get this uh, talking head of Delaney where she's got her glasses on. Oh, my gosh. Fucking looks so good, Delaney. Delaney equals good glasses. These gold half frames. I specifically shouted it out in my notes, too. I said that she looks fire. Um, and then Delaney and Mike are pretty wary of one another. And Delaney says that she is not putting all of her eggs in one basket. I feel like we haven't really highlighted the production putting funny things under people's names very yeah, much this season. they do great. Uh, like That's Del because it usually aligns with what I'm putting in my notes. So it's completely. like, fuck off. It's like no, Delaney <laughs> is talking and then below her name, it says not putting all eggs in one basket. Yeah. It's such a subtle little joke that I appreciate so much. I must say, I get pissed the fuck off in my notes. And I'm wondering if you can tell me who to direct my anger to, Cody. Okay, let me see here. I'm going to run through some of my notes This in this area. 
Is it about Delaney having survivor guilt? No. About Justin being too physically challenging? No. Is it Will poisoning the water against Justin? No. Saying that he's a challenge threat but not very loyal? No. I don't know. Who the fuck keeps calling Mary Ellen Marianne? Okay, well, I believe I have this back in my notes before and didn't think it was worth mentioning. I think it is Trisha who calls Mary Ellen Marianne at some point. And I'm pretty sure it's a dude voice later on that's calling Mary Ellen Marianne. And it fucked me up so much I even wrote Mary Ann in my notes and then crossed it off. And I'm like, who the fuck keeps saying Anne? At some point, Trisha definitely calls Mary Ellen Marianne, but maybe God a dude does as well. It. God damn it, motherfuckers. It's Mary fucking Ellen. Mm. Not Mary Ann, not Mary Kate, not Mary fucking Joe. It's really simple. Here's a who is the birth of our Mary Lord. Mary Beth, fuck off. Sorry. Who is the birth of our Lord and Savior? Mary. Mary. Who hosts my favorite daytime talk show? Ellen. Mary Ellen. I mean, Ellen's been canceled for a long time. But she loves to dance. Mm. You know what? Say what you will about Ellen. But. You know, she normalized bringing gayness into people's living rooms. True that. Brought it into our living rooms, Jackie. Now you say people are saying that they want to get rid of Justin because he's so good at challenges, but that's specifically why Matt wants to keep Justin. Justin is a great shield for Matt, and Matt can't lose that. Yeah, kind of what we spoke on a little bit before. Yeah. he Matt's wavering back and forth on his feelings towards Justin and then ultimate landing on that sentiment is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Matt also says that Mary Ellen is or soon will be his number one, which kind of surprised me a little bit. And maybe it's just her positivity and good vibes that are kind of winning the day for him. And that that move over, right? The like, we've been together since day one. We maybe weren't super tight initially, but now we've kind of gone through this switch em ups and we're still tight as fuck. We get the confirmation that Matt did find an idol on the bench, hashtag underwear idol. And that Justin does not have one. Yes. William and Trisha are at this point where we're going to vote for Justin. We don't think he has an idol. William talks about having kind of grilled Justin low-key and from the conversation not thinking an idol is there. But, you know, if he was a really good actor... This is Trisha saying this. <laughs> Hilarious moment. But wait, is he an actor? Oh, fuck! I think he's a fucking actor! He was in that one show. Is uh, he an actor? <laughs> is that his job? I, I don't know. When she's like... I, I thought this was like maybe a bit <laughs> that Trisha was doing. No, I think that they really believe it. Well, just she's like, oh, he's such a good actor. Oh, no. Maybe is he actually an actor? He was in that show. And then I thought she was going to be like, <laughs> he's in that show. Justin fucking goes home tonight. Oh, or, he's in that show. Mr. Bitch. You know, like it's like some <laughs> low key insult. Shit. No, Trisha he's was in, not trying to be insulting. He's in that show. Bald dads or something. He's in know. that show. I fucking lost Survivor. He's in that show. Surviving Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Matt tells Marianne about his idol and, uh, you know, we get to see William crying. How do you feel about Bluehead getting emotional at liking everyone? And then also kind of being like, man, I wish we just had like some loser that none of us <laughs> liked that we could just boot out of here without caring. If only there were a fucking forest this season. I also think it's interesting that while emotional, which 
no judgment, totally fine. You're also hungry and have been physical all day. So he's being hangry. It's interesting that he is on this vibe of, I do not have it in me to vote for Matt or Mary Ellen. Right. Not like full non-starter. It's not within me to vote for them, which is like, I get where he's coming from. I also really like Matt and Mary Ellen. It's a little bit of a highfalutin statement, in my opinion. Well, and especially because people are like, Justin's in it for the science of the game, not because he has, like, who says this? Someone says, like, oh, Justin's not in it for the heart of the game. He's in it just for the science of the game. This is something Will says, and this is, I think, a note that I have. What do I have exactly? No, it's it's a weird we talked about it on a previous episode that like sometimes the way people talk about each other is strange and a little bit unfair. Like talking about this person has so much to offer or way more than this person has to offer. Yeah. And I think being like Matt and Mary Ellen have like their heart in the game there. And Justin is like this cold calculating machine is such a bizarre stance to take. Really fucking weird guys. Well, I think specifically Bluehead. But maybe not. Maybe not. I just like I think there is this axe to bury between Justin and Will, and it very much colors each other's perception of each other. Validly. And occasionally I think Will is prone to describing people in, you know, ironically, (laughs) this cold calculated way that is a little bit off putting for me. Uh, I mean, validly, like. How you describe someone, how you talk about people, it really colors who you are, right? It shows a lot of who you are as a person. He, yeah, he literally calls Justin a cold machine. Uh, um, then we get Matt crying and his like, do I give my idol to Justin? And I'm like, no way are you actually considering this. In my head, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, of course you fucking save your idol for merge, stupid. I think it's a move that we often see people kind of tiptoeing around considering and that you and I are always excited at the possibility of someone being so bold yes. to make that move. But at this point, I'm like, you guys aren't even that tight. Earlier you were talking about, like, I wouldn't go to rocks for him. But... Well, and he talks about specifically that Justin's been really kind to him all day because Matt is still embroiled in hashtag PukeGate2023. Right. Truly the Richard Nixon of the season. And feeling like, oh, I'm this one who is having to sit out, having to, like, you know, take energy from the tribe without necessarily contributing energy. So he has this guilt with it, too, that I think is partially playing in here. And he, he sits down with Jesus Justin. Christ. He gives him the idol. Hilariously, Justin's first response to being given an idol is, where am I even going to put this? <laughs> well, fucking figure it out, dude. I just gave you an idol. My first thought is, Justin, get everyone to vote out Matt and keep his fucking idol, bro. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. And then Matt catches wind of that and, I don't know, tells everyone that he gave you an idol. I do say... We'll go into tribal, but Matt plays this very smart. I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah, it's fucking crazy when we see it happen, but like it's super fun to watch it play out and, and, and super bright. And then Justin, my life is in your hands, my liege, and bows down to Matt and Matt then, gives him a little kiss on the forehead. He kissed his ring. His ring. His ring. You're Thank right. You. You're right. And uh, now we're off to tribal. Whoop. Well, that was the cake buzzer. And now that we have fresh cake out of the oven, let's really head to tribal. Fresh cake that will be on its way to Matt. 
No, Matt gets a cosmic brownie. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's going to travel best. I don't trust cake in a glass jar. I put my cake in mason jars. If you don't follow me on Instagram yet, most of you, because only three of you came and followed me, bitches. Um, But I put my cakes in a glass jar. I feel like that wouldn't travel the best. But a cosmic brownie. You tell it's vegan and you tell people it's good for like a week on the counter. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it travel well? Glass jar. I like mm. worry that it the glass will break and then you've got a cakey, glassy mess well, in your box. You could most definitely package it in a way where the glass jar probably won't break. And if it were to break, it could be packaged in such a manner that it, oh, this little packaged bundle is broken cake, but everything else is fine. True. I don't know. We'll see what's left over, Matt. Maybe you will get a cake jar. Certainly a cosmic brownie coming your way. Brownie is set aside. Unless you'd rather have an oatmeal cream pie. You could. Th- I, I worry that the cookie will crumble. You let me know, Matt. Will says that everyone <laughs> is upset and that there's just no good choices at this tribal. Yeah. Um. I think that comes with Liza asking them, like, What does longevity look like as members of this tribe as going on with this game? Like, you have no good options. You like everybody. But how does that work out when you're trying to fucking win an individual game at the end of this? Absolutely. And then also asking, Liza mentions that it's clear that, you know, you've got former Miko, former Azaban. There's this 3-3 split. And is anyone willing to go to rocks? (laughs) Just me? Only Justin. Cool. Cool, cool. (laughs) Matt is specifically anti-rock, and I think this is the beginning of him very intelligently laying the groundwork to push. I'm sure he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to go to rocks, but he's very much does not want any scrutiny falling upon him for his giving idol to Justin. Matt is no rock, all roll. Ooh. He also says he has a hashtag pukey body, but a fun pukey body. <laughs> hashtag my fun pukey body. Now, speaking about the only one, the only person who is admitting to being confident is Trisha. And I didn't see that playing out the way it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Delaney is nervous because of their performance and the challenge. Mm-hmm. and um. Justin is really trying to sell himself at this tribal, saying that like, oh, I'm I'm a physical asset, but keep me in because that's a shield for you. Yeah. And then Liza does ask about idols and lots of like, okay, I almost feel like they're overplaying it, which is why, okay, and Trisha's talking head later on, like gets a little developed of like who do you think is overplaying it um everyone it makes it feel like everyone knows but only just nobody knows only justin matt and mary ellen knows and most of those people aren't really talking no i think justin does a really good job of acting in this moment i mean who is this guy austin butler (laughs) michelle yo justin are you a fucking actor i need to fucking know Lydia Tar, God, <laughs> you and Lydia. Did you know that Lydia was one of my best friends' names growing up? Lydia Tar is your no, best friend. Lydia Chubb, remember? Oh, I know all about Lydia Chubb. <laughs> was Lydia Chubb a heavy set little kid? Not 
really so funny actively their family pushed against being overweight because of the fact that their last name was chubb <laughs> lydia had the dad who was allergic to the sun and had to wear like a bee suit anytime he went outside you know mr chubb allergic to the sun <laughs> in that bee suit all the time I, it's very funny to me <laughs> To be the chub parents and to <laughs> swing hard in the opposite direction. There's no way we're going to be the fat family. We can't be the chubs and fat. It's got to be one of those, like, you know, tiny guy that, hey, big fella type situations, right? We're going yeah. for irony here. Exactly. Delaney goes to vote first. Okay. Does some idol hunting, as everyone is wont to do after seeing Becky's amazing idol find last season. Can we talk about William? Yes. Matt also idol hunts, and then Will goes to vote. I'm sorry. I have a tickle in my throat. Tickle, tickle. <laughs> Look at that commitment. We don't stop down. Jackie's just going to bury her face in the foam insulation of the <laughs> podcast studio to dampen that cough i'm sorry it's like there i don't think we have water it's fine we we're all good water. do we have why did you wait hide do we not the have wa water we have no fucking water oh my gosh i thought there was a jug oh, wait. somewhere yep let me drink out of this gallon jug of water on the pot wait, here she goes that's not classy here she goes drinking out of the water you know it literally makes that noise so i don't know why you felt the need to go over it because i was joking that you know <laughs> really oh, and then the, but it, oh. it was very nice um yeah my okay. noises or the water the water the water was very nice your noises not so much will seems a little bit conflicted when oh he goes my, to vote no he does not at all i can't believe you have in your notes that he seemed fucking conflicted. i guess I, I have a note will conflicted but not really i think he's is that all you said for his no no, no. okay i have a quote i mean Mary Ellen and Matt deserve to play. I mean, look at them. You know, deep down, Mary Ellen and Matt deserve this more. God. Does he say just look at them? Yes. I think he means their enthusiasm. And... But he says just look at them and doesn't say more than that. <laughs> like, just fucking look at them, Justin. Look at them. They need this. Have you seen those two? <laughs> They're so hungry. <laughs> I just... I I like Bluehead, okay? <laughs> yes, me too. I really like... William, I really enjoy you both as a person and as a castaway. Yes, he just... Uh, he gets himself into the weeds here occasionally with these type of comments. Yes! <laughs> you, like, play so hard as a villain, and I don't think you mean it at all. Bluehead, who are you to say... <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Mary Ellen deserve to be here more than Justin. Yeah, you just fucking don't like Justin. You dude. don't like you. <laughs> there's this uh uh crunchy thing on your shoulder that spreads crumbs. What? He's got a chip on his shoulder, but not like you know, because crunchy oh, thing okay. that spreads crumbs. I think when you, it's confusing <laughs> when you go literal like potato chip, like a with different it. type of chip. I know. Little, little confusing there, okay. but I think I loved it, and I think the <laughs> audience probably loved it. They did. Yeah, I um, it's just strange. Uh, <laughs> I did notice that the vote container is pretty sweet, though. It's like a tiki type situation. Word. Love it. So, 
This makes me so sad. Oh my gosh. I'm like, pr- like I don't know who I was expecting Justin to vote for. Well, let's. But let's, it wasn't this, and I am fucking heartbroken. All in good time. <laughs> so the votes are cast. Liza asks our intrepid castaways. <laughs> Any idols going to be played? It almost seems like Justin's not gonna fucking play an idol. Oh, he milks this moment. He like waits a, like five beats to the point where I'm like, "Are you not playing it, Justin? Do you think you're somehow gonna sit on this idol and not get voted off?" And uh, that like, was my milking noise, by the way. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like in case like anyone a... heard my like background. See, when you make your milking noise, you very much make a suckling face and noise. You're like making your mouth into a tube and going, and it looks like you're an infant at the teat. Not that, and I know you're making like up and down (laughs) utter motions. But like, I'm a cow milking off my mom. Oh, you're saying you're a baby calf (laughs) from the mother and that's what you describe milking, but you're still making the utter pull down motions. (laughs) You to know that when baby, that it's a mutter. When a mutter. A, utter. When baby calves <laughs> drink milk from their mothers, they don't first pull up a little stool and a metal bucket and milk the you milk into the bucket. You mean they don't have fucking opposed you don't baby cows don't have human hands and opposable thumbs that then go away when they get older? What if baby what cows What the fuck? I thought that's what all like how else do they climb out of their mothers? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Imagining calves born with human hands and specifically <laughs> pulling themselves out of their mother's cow vagina is an intense mental image. Yeah. I, I don't know if them. this is our best episode or our worst <laughs> episode, but it's one of the two. I'm going to go with the latter. He does play his idol. Aww. After pulling a real baby cow and yes. milking that moment with his little baby cow human hands. <laughs> And then the votes come in, Jackie. Oh, man. And it's five on Justin. Everyone fucking voted for Justin. And what What a there's moment. There's a big applause. Big applause. Deserved, I think. Yes. It's Everyone's very excited that everyone voted for Justin. I wonder, I wonder how Matt feels, because it's a little bit like he's the guy behind the curtains who really did the magic trick while Justin is this, you know, charlatan, just a cog in the machinery of Matt getting all the praise. But if you make it to the end, that's exactly what you want. Exactly. That's literally the exact thing you want of like. Look at this fucking move that I did everything up and got zero guilt or blood on my hands and everyone fucking loves me. Talking about The Greatest Showman. Mm -hmm. It's a real... That, my friend, is called The Prestige. Spirit Fingers. Spirit Fingers. And one vote for Trisha. I, like, have in... Like, I... (laughs) My notes are very sad. Because Trisha makes this, like, amazed face, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And then you see the vote for her. And in all caps, underline five times, I have, oh, no, with five exclamation points. I have heartbreaking and why, Justin. (laughs) And then Arrow, Delaney's face. Delaney's reaction Delaney's face. face. We have a photo of it that we'll tweet out. Well, but you got a photo of the second part. Right. There was a two-parter of Delaney's face. The reaction comes in two phases. Complete shock. And then crushing sadness. Like, eyes closed, kind of like sagging under the weight of my sadness. Now you are going to cry 
and then literally get sent directly to the next challenge. Liza's like, okay, and now we're going to head to the next challenge. And Delaney's like, what the fuck? I mean, that's like, how things go on main, baby. Uh, no going back to your camp to sit on those fields. Trisha is now the first member of our jury. Which is maybe an indication of a looming... I think it m- most m- likely m- is. I bet next episode. I mean, fuck. I did notice that Delaney has like a tiny calf tattoo. What I think might be a pepperoni. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I thought you meant tiny calf, like (laughs) a tiny cow with human hands ready to go milk its mother. What if Delaney did have a little (laughs) baby cow tattoo with doing like jazz hands? I would be. I mean, if there's ever proof that we live in a simulation. And Delaney, if you don't have that tattoo, please go get it. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to get your Fosse tattoo in a little dance pose with a hat. Yes, I'm going to get a tattoo of our cat Fosse. If you want to know the pose we're talking about, look up the Sam Watterson book, I believe is the author, Book Fosse. It's the pose that Fosse is in leaning against the letters of his name. Yes. Imagine a cat in a hat. Doing that. Oh, my God. Dr. Seuss. What? Um, but I'm not racist. Trisha is, yeah, <laughs> fucking Theodore Geisel. Listen, listen. Flawed man, but great man, Dr. Seuss. Great poet, horrible man. Uh, great poet? I don't know about that. Great children's book author. I'm not going to say Dr. Seuss <laughs> is amongst the pantheon of the great poets. Okay. He's no William Carlos Williams. Fun children's author horrible person listen he fucking later in life he came to terms with his racism okay and that that shit was fucked up fucking fucked up i'm not gonna i'm not ready to full-on condemn theodore geisel okay he'll always have a place in my heart although isn't green and green eggs and ham kind of fucked up in like an anti-consent book mm-hmm. it's like keep pestering them until they finally give in and then they'll like it yeah kind of messed up really not cool bro <laughs> Fuck you, Sam, I am. All right, Trisha, we're going to miss you. Trisha is pissed in her talking head. She, like, goes through the entire roller coaster of emotions. She's just like, I fucking thought, god damn it. I Why didn't I push harder for the fucking... That there should have been a backup plan. Plan B, motherfucker. Always have a backup plan. She should... I mean, here's the thing. If you feel that so, so strongly, and you think that everyone's going for Justin... Like they plan to do, be the one vote. Put one, because then you would have tied. Yeah. Throw one on Mary Ellen, and then it would have been a tie, and then it would have been you or Mary Ellen, and Mary Ellen sadly would have gone home, which I wouldn't have been okay with either. So, like, either way, this would have sucked so hard. I think part of the problem is that there wasn't enough strategizing or talking pre-tribal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people are like, is there a split going on? Are we all voting for Justin? Or no, did they just not have no, time to have they that conversation? Did. They had that conversation fully. Mm-hmm. William ends up being like, you know, if he has an idol, good for him at this point. I know, point. I know. That's kind it's of the... Like, that's the Trisha that's... was pushing a plan B. Trisha's like, I really think we should have a blackout plan. What if there's an idol? Can she we just bake on just it? She should have thrown a vote on Bluehead. She should have. She, she should have. Damn. We find out that Mary Ellen knew about the right. idol situation. Way to go. Mary Ellen, I did not think you knew. Could she take it all the way? I fucking hope so. I would be 
all for a Mary Ellen win. She's playing a similar game to Andy in that it's very low key, but maybe even more so. And when she is popping her head above the surface, it's just all sunshine and positivity. Oh my God. Mary Ellen win the season. And then we see that Trisha has a pretty sweet like forearm tattoo, but I couldn't Mm. make out what it was. No, me either. It's like lines and curving lines and then color splashes. Trisha, what's that tattoo? I think it might be a tattoo of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Mm. Trisha, I'm really fucking sad that you're off. And if you were a doctor, which doctor would you assign them, Cody? I said Trisha is the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, my favorite doctor. Because you know what? I think Trisha could really rock a big, long scarf. And probably loves jelly bellies because they're definitely keto. But you know, <laughs> she's from California. Just so like Tom Baker. Maybe she's not used to wearing a scarf. Mm. Mm. I just have to argue with you sure. with your and choice every time and never have a backup. She has a robot dog named Canine. So there you go. Well, just in time for us to watch episode seven. Yeah, we're going to try to get these episodes out a little bit sooner. Sunday or Monday is our new commitment, y'all. Ideally, we're going to start mm-hmm. dropping episodes on Sunday night after the new episode, doing Wednesday and Sunday tied together. That's the goal totally. for this week going forward. Yes. But before that, Jackie. What, Cody? What? It's time. <gasps> oh, my God. Awards, awards. You went last week, meaning it's my turn this week. Okay, Cody. First, I got to know who's getting that Miss Congeniality Award. This is a tough one for me. Okay. At In episode five, I was really feeling like Will's a mensch. You know what I mean? Matt loves him. He kicked Matt in the stomach and still Matt is fully on board with him. He's advocating for Mary Ellen and not that Mary Ellen is elderly, but the olds in general and i like maybe matt's my or william is maybe my fucking uh miscongeniality you know what we go so hard against william i think it's nice to throw him a miscongene but he didn't get it fuck yeah because rice gate <laughs> is just too much of a thing looming over i can't i just can't do it instead i gave miscongeniality to trisha just because i'm so heartbroken she's voted out i really loved her talking heads I think she does have, you know, maybe she's not like the most bubbly, but she's very friendly, you know, very, I don't know that handball game. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> Listen, Trish is getting it just cause I decided not to give it to William. Okay. 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 <laughs> Fine. Uh, well then tell me if fucking Delaney does not get that fashionista for her glasses, I'm going to lose my shit. But who's your fashionista of the week? Another one I really was conflicted on. Do I give it to Delaney for the gold glasses? Do I give it to Justin for the knee-high green socks? I ultimately went with Mary Ellen for the Surviving Maine variant t-shirt with the pink mane on the like lapel area. And there's some type of, like, car business advertised on the back. Mary Ellen for the main shirt variant. Jackie is mouth agape. Shock silent I was for a quick moment. You know... It was a real... La La Land has one best picture. Oh, wait, there's been a mistake. It's Moonlight. Delaney has one fashionista of the week. Oh, wait. 
it actually says Mary Ellen in here. Okay, good job, Mary Ellen. Uh, especially because, like, you know, we want you to win. I don't know. I don't know if that's who you want to win, but it's fine. I love Mary Ellen. I would be... We just talked about how we would love a Mary Ellen victory, so... So, then I need to know, who's teaching me this week? We end on Teachable Moments. Do we? I yeah. thought we ended on Ultimate Survivor. No, because we end on Jambulani from Serafina. Okay, cool. Well, then... Who is your ultimate survivor? My ultimate survivor, my Hein Vaslu from Survivor South Africa season two, <laughs> ultimate survivor award. Yes. Of course, goes to Dan's athletic jeans. What? That Dan, but the jeans themselves, putting in the hard work. They got that, that crotch. They've got that crotch in a tight little basket. Got that ball support. Yeah. The thing to support your balls. Maybe the jeans are the ball master this week. Oh, shit. And now for the most important award of the week. The Serafina Teachable Moment brought to you by Jabulani. Today's Teachable Moment comes with a phrase, Jackie. What is that phrase, Cody? That phrase is able. A-B-I-L. Always be idle looking. And I'm giving it to both Justin and Stephanie. I guess maybe not Justin. Never mind. I must give it to Stephanie. Okay. Because Justin had an idol given to him and Matt yes. found it very easily. So fuck you, Justin. <laughs> Just like fuck Sam I am. Stephanie, the solo teachable moment winner this week. Because even in your darkest moments, even when you're literally at Tribal, in the voting booth, motherfucking able. Always be idle looking. If you're able-bodied, you better be abling. If you're not able-bodied, you better still be abling. Always be idle looking. Coffee's for closers. You know, I fucking love it. You know what else I love? Javalani. Surviving Maine. My husband. Oh, you know who I love? Who? My podcast co-host. Aw. Jabulani. You know what else I love? Bossy the cat. Surviving Maine. You know what else I love? What? Bossy the man. Jabulani. Well, follow us at INT SurvivorCast. And we'll see you Sunday night when we cover episode 7 and 8 of Surviving Maine. Thanks for listening. Go eat some jabulani. Just kidding. It's not something you eat. It's fine. Jabulani. I think jabulani might be a place. I've been playing in the rain at jabulani. I've been holding hands with you at jabulani. The people sing and dance at jabulani. Jabulani. Let's see. What is so special about the Jabulani? Essentially, it's like a specific type of fucking soccer ball? What the hell? The Jabulani was a football manufactured by Adidas. It was the official match ball for the 2010 FIFA World Cup. What the fuck? Is that spelt the same? Yeah. Interesting. Here, let's just try Jabulani meaning. It means rejoice. Okay. 
It's from Africa. It's a local South African language. Jabulani means rejoice. It's a dictionary comprised of hundreds of African names and local South African languages meticulously assembled and expounded upon for the curious reader. No, it's a book. Correct. A book collective. Wait, what is the name Jabulani? Oh. Jabulani is a, a Zulu, Zulu word, word meaning rejoice. rejoice. Okay, cool. It's often used as a first name. And often shortened to Jabu. That's fucking awesome. Okay, hell yeah. This is the best song ever. And you're the best survivor cast cover group main. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. Jabulani. You've just listened to a Reality Pod International podcast. Find more episodes and other great shows at Reality Pod INT on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe, and find us on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening.